All right, so we uh, resume tonight with the Messias uh, Susharim over here. We're getting near, and it's, uh, it, it would seem that between, uh, so let me just tell you, this week we're on, obviously because we're here and the uh, technology is now behaving. Next week, we on Tuesday, we don't have class. Uh, next week, Tuesday, is my son's high school graduation. So I think it's appropriate that I should uh, be in attendance, although I would Mazel certainly tough. I would certainly rather be in class here than uh, at a graduation with lots of speeches, but duty calls. So I have to go ahead and, uh, and take care of that. But then the week after that, hopefully we'll finish this uh, this chapter of Mr. Susharm, and then we'll move on to uh, to a new topic. But in the meantime, we're getting closer here to the end of the uh, this first chapter of Mr. Susharm, where, as we said, he's laying down the, the foundation for... Uh, a person recognizing what their obligation is in this world. And uh, it's on the screen there in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So he says, so he's been talking about how we're emphasizing the the idea that this world is really just a, an entryway into the world to come. And now he's going to go ahead and he's going to emphasize this from a slightly different perspective, similar to what we've been saying, but uh, uh, some uh, interesting way of looking at things. He says, So the Messias Hashem says, if you look at this truthfully, nobody, uh, they don't use such, he wouldn't use such terminology, but the way we would say this in English nowadays is, nobody with a brain in his head would believe Nobody is going to think and assert that the purpose of this world is what we're experiencing here in the in the uh, the purpose of creation, I should say, or the purpose of our existence is for what we're experiencing here in this physical world. No way, no how, says the Messiah. Because if you think about it, so what exactly is a person's experience in this world? What, what are we going through? What are we uh, accomplishing? What's happening to us? Oh, uh, or if you think about it from a, a little bit of a different perspective, where do you find a person who's truly happy, truly content, and feels that everything is in order in their, in their life in this world? You don't find such a person who has such an, an experience. And the Pasuk in Tehillim, in fact, says, that a person, the, the days of a person's life is going to be seven years. And in the event that the person is strong, the person will live 80 years, perhaps even beyond. And most of them are going to be a lot of hard work, a lot of effort, and not much to show for it, not much uh, productive to uh, to show. And he explains, and he says, over the course of one's lifetime, if you think about it, so how much tsar, how much pain does a person experience? Tsar, this safer says, is talks about where you're yearning for something that you cannot have, that's, uh, that's beyond your grasp. That's what tsar is. Chalayim is we experience all sorts of illnesses and whatnot. Machovim are pains, utirdos, and all sorts of burdens and responsibilities and things which weigh us uh, weigh us down. So we spend life going from 
this, this ache to that ache, to this trouble, to that trouble, from this headache to that headache. And after living 70, 80 years with all of those uh, difficulties, all of those challenges, and then it's a little bit of a pessimistic view, but he says, and then after all of that, Hamalus is death. Right, that, that's what's in store for us once that uh, that happens. So when we talk about our physical existence, so he says that it's very difficult to imagine that the purpose of our existence is for our physical pleasure, our physical enjoyment in this world, because we have very little of that. We have much more pain and sorrow and difficulties and challenges than we have the uh, the the physical enjoyments. And then after all of that, so then all that's in store for us physically is, is death. And he says, and even one in a thousand people, which back in the time of the Ramchal, in times of uh, Chazal, so seeing a thousand people, uh, interacting with a thousand people is actually quite a lot. But he says, even one in a thousand people, where the person is going to have an abundance of their life, is going to be pleasure and true serenity. You just don't find people who, uh, who, who go through life experiencing those types of things. The gamu, and even such a person, and even if a person goes out and lives all the way till 100. So, uh, 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 the, uh, the person has already uh, essentially, they're existing, but they're not able to enjoy their life anymore. And he's going to explain this uh, a, a little bit more. And this idea, he says that, uh, right, so he goes in this Sefer, they explain, this is being quoted from a Sefer called Chai Olam. So he writes as follows. He says, Kolomar, in other words, as a result of the pain and the illnesses and the aches, in all of the burdens which we bear, gam hahana, so even the benefit, hilo uh, amitis umleya is not going to be full and is not going to be able to be complete. Because at the same time that we may be enjoying something, we know that there's responsibilities right around the corner, there's troubles, or there's all sorts of things which are waiting, which are waiting uh, just, out, just, uh, just right outside the, where we are. And being that mankind is the pinnacle of creation, it's the highest point of creation. And this is an interesting uh, thing to, to consider. He says, So even though we're at the high point of creation, nonetheless, we seem to suffer more than any other creature. So other creatures don't seem to have this existential um, uh, trouble with the experience in life. Why am I here? What's my purpose in life? What am I accomplishing in life? So other creatures don't live with that kind of uh, distress. They don't live with that kind of anxiety. They just exist. So it doesn't bother them what their existence is because whatever it is, it is, and they're not troubled by that. But mankind who does have these great things in store for them, so as we're going to see, we're very troubled about what we're accomplishing and what we're doing. And it, it gets in the way of being able to enjoy things fully because there's always that nagging feeling. Am I doing what I'm supposed to? Am I accomplishing as much as I'm supposed to? Am I fulfilling my purpose in life? And all of that. And he says, 
uh, for that reason, being that we're so much more troubled and have so much more anxiety than other creatures and whatnot. So it cannot be that the purpose of our existence is for our state of being in this physical world. Because if that's true, then the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world and has the world running, it doesn't make any sense. Because if the purpose was to enjoy this world, so then we should be enjoying this world. The very fact that we're not enjoying this world must be that this cannot be why HaKadosh Baruch Hu went ahead and created us. But if we accept the premise that we are created for Olam Haba, for the world to come, so then we're willing to bear and willing to experience all of the difficulties which we have because we know, as the saying goes, no pain, no gain. So we're willing to endure and experience those things because it's going to make us stronger and it's going to prepare us better for our real existence, which is the world to come. Because it's going to ultimately lead us to Olam Haba. And that is where we, uh, that's ultimately where we are supposed to be. So that is, um, yeah. So then the Messiah Shisham goes on to say, and then not only is this true in terms of the fact that it just doesn't make any sense if we were to say that our existence is for this world, because this world doesn't provide us with that much enjoyment and that much pleasure that we could justify it. But if the purpose of this physical world was for our experience here on earth, so then he says, So there's no reason for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to go ahead and infuse us with a neshama, with a lofty spiritual neshama, something taken from uh, directly uh, from God's uh, vicinity, uh, something which is so important and something which is so lofty and elevated, and our neshama is something which is higher than even the angels themselves. And that's an amazing thing to consider. We all have this picture in our mind, this image in our mind of malachim being these tremendously uh, spiritual uh, creatures that exists in this world, but the neshama, which exists inside of each and every one of us, is actually more elevated and more lofty than even, even that. And this is something that we're able to, we live this dual existence. The Gemara in the, in the Chagiga talks about that there are six characteristics of mankind, and of those six characteristics of mankind, so in three ways we resemble malachim, three ways we resemble angels, and in another three ways, we resemble animals. So what Chazal are teaching us over here is that because of it, so animals are almost all physical. Obviously, there's a spiritual dimension to them, which, which gives them life, but they're primarily physical creatures. And on the other end of the spectrum are angels, which are primarily spiritual uh, creatures. And then Adam, mankind, is a combination of the two. So we have certain characteristics which are very physical and are, which are very animal-like. And then on the other hand, we have other characteristics which are very spiritual and make us mal- malach-like, which makes us like angels. 
And our job is to go ahead and to make sure that we are focused primarily on our malach side, on our spiritual side, and to cultivate that aspect of our existence. And there's no reason if the purpose of our existence was for here on earth, there's no reason that Baruch Hu would give us such an elevated soul. He could go ahead and give us a more animalistic soul. And that way we would exist the same way that animals exist. They make their way through their lives. They do whatever they do instinctually. And they don't have the same types of troubles and things which we, uh, which we experience. And this is, um, this is something which is an essential part of uh, an essential uh, focus of our existence to be aware of the fact that we have such a strong spiritual side to us. And he says, Kol shekein, all the more so the Ramchal says, that we don't find true satisfaction in true um, uh, a, a sense of being settled uh, from all of the pleasures which you have in this world. If you take all the pleasures which you have in this world, it doesn't provide us with eternal or long-lasting uh, pleasure. It's always going to be something which is, uh, which, which is fleeting. The Ramchal says that this is reminiscent of what, the, uh, what Chazal teaches from the Medrash. In their, world, their wording is, Gam ha-nefesh so the Pasuk Nikola says that a person's soul will not be full, will not be satiated, is not going to be fully satisfied. What does that mean? What, what does that mean? That our soul is not going to be fully satisfied. So he says, very famous uh, idea, and that is, So what can we compare this to when we say that the, the nefesh is never going to be satisfied? So we would say that if you take a farmer or you take somebody from a small village who goes ahead and marries a princess, right? So obviously they come from very different backgrounds. The princess comes from luxury and wealth and opulence and all of those, uh, all of those things. Whereas the, uh, the, uh, the villager, so what does he know other than donkeys and sheep and uh, chickens running around and ducks and stuff like that? So his hasaga of something which is uh, which is uh, big uh, is uh, obviously pales in comparison to what the princess has experienced over the course of her lifetime. But let's say you have this uh, circumstance where this uh, poor village uh, uh, fellow goes ahead and marries a princess. He could go ahead and take the fanciest, most expensive things which exist in his world where he comes from, that the, the things which uh, wealthy people um, pride themselves on, where he comes from in that, from that little village, and as far as his bride is concerned, as far as the princess is concerned, so she's not going to be impressed by that at all. None of that is going to be impressive, because she, she grew up in the palace. She grew up with precious metals and jewelry and precious stones and all sorts of stuff like this, and when he goes ahead and buys her you know, a monogrammed fanny pack or something like that, because that's the most expensive thing which she's ever seen. So a monogrammed fanny pack is not going to do much for a, uh, for a princess. So this is Shehi Basmelech, because she is the daughter of the king. And she grew up with the, the greatest stuff being offered, uh, being offered to her. So says the Medrash, Kacha Nefesh. So the same thing is true 
when we talk about this, this dynamic, the relationship which exists between the body and the soul, meaning, so the soul is the princess. The soul comes from where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is located and has experienced the most uh, amazing spiritual uh, uh, delicacies, which exist being in the vicinity of God and being able to enjoy that closest to God and the devakas to God in a, and whatnot. So the uh, the it's going to be very hard to go ahead and replace that and give something which is going to serve as uh, somehow comparable to what the soul experienced being so close to God. So in the same way, the nefesh is the same way, that Eloi Vesela Koma Adane Olam. You could go ahead and you could try and feed the soul all of the delicacies of this physical world. You could take it to the soul to the fanciest of restaurants. You could buy the fanciest of cars and buy the fanciest home and the fanciest vacations and all of those different things. You could provide the neshama as much as you want, but as far as the neshama is concerned, enam klum la. So none of that is going to be meaningful at all to the soul. The soul is not going to get any satisfaction from fancy restaurants, from uh, gold-leafed hamburgers, or any of those things. None of that is going to uh, is going to mean anything. Lama, why is that so? Shehi min yonim, because the soul comes from above, comes from the spiritual world. And since the soul comes from the spiritual world, physical things are not going to satisfy it. It's not going to be meaningful and impactful in any way. These physical pleasures, because the soul comes from the place where of spiritual wealth, and those are the things which impress it, and those are the things which are going to make it feel good. But the physical pleasures of this world are completely meaningless to the uh, to the soul. And they quote over here, a beautiful idea from Avdasa. I didn't uh, I have to look up this uh, the source of this uh, inside. They don't have an exact marmakam, exact uh, source. They just say michtav meliyahu. But it's a very profound idea, one which I've talked about uh, you know, over the years many times. But he says it very nicely. He says, kol masha adam misava hazeh, that all of the different uh, physical yearnings which a person has in this world, whatever it happens to be, it doesn't make a difference what that is, but all the things that we seek in this world, that we run after in this world, which we think are going to bring us happiness and are going to bring us satisfaction and are going to make us feel better about, the, about those things, all of those yearnings and all those desires, hurak mishumshu rote lahashtik, it's only because what the person, what the brain or what the soul is attempting to do is it's attempting to silence as a replacement and through imagination to go ahead and to fill in the deficiency which a person recognizes within themselves. So a person recognizes in a, in a deep, profound, emotional way the fact that they are deficient, that things are not uh, perfectly settled, things are not perfectly the way they're supposed to be. And whenever a person is feeling lacking or a person is feeling deficient in some way, so you want to go ahead and you want to fill up your tank. You want to fill yourself up with something which is going to be good at, to, uh, to replace that. And therefore, what we end up doing is rather than going after the real thing, like Coke, rather than going after the real thing, what we end up doing is we end up searching for um, uh, fake replacements. 
and we think that through these other replacements, so that somehow is going to complete me, that somehow is, somehow is going to make me whole, that's going to fill in the gap which exists in my life. And that's what we do. That's what all the yearnings are, are, are rooted in, is a desire to make ourselves whole and complete, because we recognize that if I'm not fully connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's something which is missing in my, in my life. And if we're not attuned to trying to make up that deficiency in the spiritual way, we end up trying to do so in some sort of physical way. But ultimately, that, that is just an indicator, it's a barometer of the fact that there's something that we need more of in our lives, which is better connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because in Sheba Emes, Eina Ela Ra'ev Ruchani. So even though it's manifest itself in a physical yearning, in a physical desire, the root of that physical desire, if you trace it back to where it comes from, so where it ultimately comes from is a hunger for spirituality, a hunger to better connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's where all of those things come from. And if we're not uh, trained, and if we're not used to trying to fill that up with spirituality, so then we end up filling it up with other types of things. Similar to the, uh, the phenomena which we're seeing in terms of like uh, social media, that, uh, uh, that in the past 20 years or so, where people are not as connected with others in, in, the, in a friendly way, in a, you know, in a social way. So we go ahead and we try and replace that with this imaginary friends of whether it's a Facebook type of thing or a TikTok or an Instagram, or wherever people go ahead and meet and they, they imagine that they have all sorts of friends with likes in, the, in, the, in all of that. And that's a replacement for real and authentic relationships. So rather than pursuing real authentic relationships with actual people where you have to interact with them and you have to figure out how to get along and all that stuff. So many people are replacing it with these imaginary friends which exist, or maybe they don't really exist somewhere around the world. And that's something which is, it's a very dangerous replacement because we should be more attentive to the fact that it's, it ultimately emanates from a deep uh, yearning of the neshama to connect to things which are outside of ourselves, ultimately to connect to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's where all of that comes from. So this is what the Medrash is teaching us, is that when we try and satisfy our neshama's hunger with physical things, it's never going to be satisfying. It's never going to be a valid replacement. It's never going to give our soul the nourishment that it's yearning for. And it's just like uh, empty calories. Same way if a person's hungry, so they could uh, you know, buy, buy a bag of licorice and they could eat an entire thing of licorice. And at the moment they'll feel like they ate something because there'll, there'll be something in their stomach, but another half an hour they'll be starving again and they'll crash after the, the, the sugar. And then they'll be just as hungry as they were, uh, as, as they were before. So if one wants to actually satisfy their hunger, they have to eat something which is nutritious and something which is going to give them real energy rather than something which is, which is fake. And he says, And this is what Chazal go ahead and teach us from Pirkei Avos. So we were, we were formed uh, against our will formed in this regard, referring to conception, but it's referring to a spiritual conception. That's where the soul was taken from Shemaim and fused into a physical body. So that was done. Nobody asked us uh, whether or not we were on board for that. That's something which happened uh, automatically. And by the same token, we entered into this world. We were born also without anybody consulting with us uh, at all. 
And he says, but while the, uh, a, a fetus is inside of the womb, so a fetus inside of the womb is actually to a large degree in Olam Haba or in a spiritual realm. They're inside of the mother physically, but they're still within a spiritual realm as they are developing in the womb. And he says, that's why when Esav was still inside of his mother, Rivka, so Esav was yearning to be able to connect with Avodah So every time Rivka would walk past the house of Avodah he would sort of pound on the door, trying to get out. Contractions would begin as he was trying to get out. And then, so that, that rep, that's representative of his true essence. But once he was born, now he's in this physical world. So then he would go ahead and he tried uh, in, in developing a relationship with his father, Yitzhak, he actually made attempts to fool his father into thinking that he was more righteous and that he was uh, uh, loyal to Torah and mitzvahs, even though at his core, he really was not. But we're born. Nobody uh, consults us about uh, whether we want it to be uh, formed, conception, or birth. And the reason why it had to all have been done by force is because the neshama does not love this world. The neshama does not get satisfaction from this world. It finds it to be empty. It finds it to be unsatisfying. And he says even further, the Ramchal, he says not only does the soul not enjoy this world, but the soul actually despises, finds this world to be repulsive. Imkain. And that being the case, that the soul finds this physical world in the pursuit of physical pleasures and whatnot to be something which is repulsive. So Im Cain, so if that is true, so, yeah, so he says, V'aray lo haya borei habori yisbach shavabriya letachlis shuneged chuka vin imas mimena. So there's no way, it's absurd, to think that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to come along and he's going to uh, 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 put a soul into a circumstance whereby it goes against the soul's uh, grain, it goes against what the, the soul wants to, uh, to enjoy, and to go ahead and to do something which it is repulsed by. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, since we go, we, 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 we uh, begin with the premise that the purpose of creation was in order to give mankind satisfaction, it was in order to do good. There's an underlying theme and an underlying premise of the Ramchal, that Gosh Baruch Hu created the world in order to do good. So being that he created the world in order to do good, so there's no way it's completely illogical to think that maybe he went ahead and created the world with, an, he created mankind with a neshama, with this spiritual existence, this spiritual part of us, which is the neshama, which is so repulsed by the physical world and doesn't derive any satisfaction from this physical world. So why would Hashem Baruch Hu create, uh, bring a soul into this physical world, which is just going to, it's, it's allergic to it, it's repulsed by it, that makes it vomit, all of those things. There's no way Hashem Baruch Hu would create, would put the soul into that circumstance which is which would be so bad for it that would not represent a actual tove that wouldn't be expressive of the goodness of Hashem, which was the purpose of creation. So if it cannot be for this world, so therefore we say, Ella, rather, Briyaso shall Adam Lamatsava Bolam Habahi. So says Ramchal, the only logical conclusion to draw from this is that Hagashbarhu created mankind not for our circumstance in this world, 
not from what we're going to get out of this world, but rather from what we're going to get out of the world to come. Olam Haba. Valkain, and being that the real goal and the real purpose is Olam Haba. So if we're going to achieve Olam Haba, our physical body by itself is not something which is going to lead us into Olam Haba. And that's why, as we mentioned earlier from the Gemara and Chagiga, that we have to have a, 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 a dimension of our existence, which is physical. That's the physical body. But we also have, have to have a dimension which is malach-like, which is angelic, and which is spiritual, because ultimately we're going to use our physical body to do mitzvahs and to, uh, to bring ourselves closer to Gashbrochu in this world, so that our neshama ultimately is going to be able to enjoy the ultimate good, which is eternal uh, proximity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, eternal connection, devekas with, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, attachment to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a neshama, so that we could cultivate that relationship between our neshama and Hashem. Okay, nitzna bo neshamazos. And that's the reason why Hashem Baruch Hu gave us the soul which he did, the soul which comes from above, which comes from under the throne of Hashem himself, because that's ultimately what we're trying to cultivate, and that's ultimately what we're trying to bring together. Because that eternal bliss, which we'll experience once we find ourselves in Olam Haba and in close proximity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is something worth uh, 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 investing time and effort in order to achieve. The pleasures which we have in this world are not su- substantial enough. They're not significant enough that it's worthwhile trying to achieve all of those things because it just comes with too much difficulty, in too much anxiety, in too much pressure, in too many things which are, which, are, which are unsatisfying and very often are going to be painful. So that cannot be why HaKash Baruch brought us into existence. But when we think about things from a soul perspective, from our neshama perspective, and what the potential to earn this eternal connection and attachment to Hashem, that already is a worthwhile endeavor. So that's why we are here, and that's why we work hard. And it's going to be towards that end that it's worthwhile, or when we're finally going to receive all of the reward in the proper time and place. And like Chazal say, schar mitzvah b'hai amaleka, that there's no reward for the performance of mitzvahs in this world, because this world, since it's a physical world, it can't capture the, the, the depth and how much uh, uh, we earn every time we do a mitzvah and every time we refrain from doing an Avera, we're able to achieve such a profound amount of connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it earns us an eternal place in close proximity to Hashem, and we wouldn't want to go ahead and give that up. We wouldn't want to give that eternal connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the eternal devekis with Hashem, for something physical, some sort of physical pleasure in this world. And therefore, ultimately, all of the reward, it's, a, it's, it's really like a retirement fund. It's a 501, uh, 401k or whatever, an IRA account, where you go ahead and you put money now. You don't get any benefit from that money that you put away now. But ultimately, at the time of retirement, all of a sudden, you'll have this huge amount of money which is waiting for you. So that's really what we're trying to accomplish here in this world. Because ultimately, there is nothing which is more repulsive to the neshama than this physical world, and it wouldn't make any sense for us to be there if that was what the goal was. But now that we know that the purpose of the neshama 
is to help guide us and ultimately lead us into Olam Haba and to give us that eternal place in close proximity to Hashem. So then the soul actually loves and is very dear uh, in terms of, uh, is very fond of what we're accomplishing here. And he says, and we love we have to explain a very deep idea when the author says, and this is something which is obvious. This is something which is straightforward. This is something which is fundamental. And therefore, it's, a, it's one of these uh, essential principles that we have to bear in mind as we, uh, as we navigate our way through this world, this idea that that's what we're trying to accomplish and that's what we're going to, uh, to achieve. Okay, so we're going to hold it over here because some of us have to get to, uh, to Mincha. So remember...